0: means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.
1: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Ted Tanner, uh, CTO, co-founder of PokéDot. Ted, how are you doing?
2: Excellent, Richard. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, glad to have you. So yeah, if you, uh, if you would, let's just start out with, uh, tell me about Dot. What do you guys do?
2: Yeah, we um we're, we were founded in uh 2011 and we set out to optimize the business side of health tech. So, um we're focused on uh building everything soup to nuts that enables a one-click health purchase and allows companies to develop on top of us. Uh recently somebody uh did the analogy of uh we're we're much like the AWS of uh health, so to speak. Um we have um application programmer interfaces that that for search. We have uh, four point six million providers, many companies use that API for provenance and uh, licensure data. We have complete clearinghouse technologies, uh eligibility claims, referrals, enrollment. Uh, we are the only CAQH Level 4 clearinghouse in the nation and have obtained that certification. We have pricing information, which mm-hmm. amazes a lot of people. We have uh, uh, 10,000 cash prices across the uh, top 50 bundled services. We also have the out-of-pocket price down to the uh, CPT code, uh, GeoZipped. We also integrate uh, several EMRs, currently uh, 33 uh e m r s and counting under one uh endpoint and we, what's what' uh, what's an e m r by the way oh i'm sorry uh electronic medical record systems so um epic athena uh et cetera and then uh we have identity management uh solution proofing validation and verification um and uh we're p c i compliant and we've taken all of that and um we knew back in 2011 that we, um, we wanted to be on distributed ledger technology. Um, we have about 95% coverage uh, of covered lives in the United States. Uh, we're connected to over 600 insurance companies. We have uh, about 1,000 third-party applications built on top of us, and we also service about 90% of the telehealth world. And back in 2011 as I said we wanted to be on distributed ledger technology but to be honest um the health tech industry uh couldn't spell API <laughs> so we had to mm. we had to get the momentum there and now um all of those uh all of those APIs are now smart contracts so we're we're uh, cool. about a year ago about a year Year yeah, about a year ago, we demonstrated the first uh, medical eligibility check health um, check. And 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 by the way, uh, Richard, we also do uh, pharmacy. So everything that I mentioned for the the medical side, we also do with uh, pharmacy delivery. And um, you guys do everything we, yeah. crazy. Yeah, we uh we've been very busy since two thousand and eleven and um we, we have a tenant here at Pocket Dog, no vaporware, so everything that I, we're gonna talk about today somebody out there is using. Um we we pulled a fork of uh Ethereum and uh wrote a eligibility check on our platform and demonstrated that at Help two O about a year ago. But since then um we um, we are one of the few, if not the only company, running full consensus uh, with smart contract computation on Intel's Salt Lake chip technology. So, all right, my question's, you know, going to be
1: pretty basic. I mean, um, so let's start with all the data that you guys work with. You work with tons yeah. and tons of data from all different angles. Yep. What solution do you guys have to manage it all? And are you seeing any benefits from from I mean, integration you know you're you're like i guess kind of the google of medical data it sounds like
2: yeah um so most of the it, it's an interesting um so we have uh uh um p2 information uh you know pii personally identifiable information we have personal health record information uh we have uh uh pci uh payment information so we're compliant across those – all of those um as i said we're connected to um over 600 um uh payers some co- some companies uh call them insurance companies you know the humanas uh etnas united and so forth interestingly enough and and um you take that we have companies running on top of us who've written uh external applications uh ascension health systems the largest non-profit uh health provider um we have uh doctors on demand that does uh virtual health we have evidation health that does precision medicine so we we see many different types of data and we build we have built the uh architecture such that it scales in real time and from a technical standpoint um that's why we're very big on uh distributed compute and especially blockchain. Um, you know, we from a technical perspective, uh we're what's called a uh polyglot house. You know, we, okay. we you pretty much name a database, we we we've either tried it or used it. So, you know, Mongo, we we're big on noSQL technologies. Um, we basically uh take everything and um uh dump it down into uh what's called a uh a kafka log for those that are are listening out there um that's probably the most performant log based uh transaction uh technology out there um and um it's and we have to scrub all that data to because you know, we have developers working on that. We don't want the developers to working on um, uh, P2, uh, PHI type of information. So we have to jump through several uh, types of data indexes to be able to develop efficiently at that level as well. Well, I got a
1: question. Um, you know, again, it's a real basic one, but medical data does. It still seems extremely fragmented. It still seems that... Doctors' offices don't communicate very well. They still fax. They still yeah. have all their own computer systems. When are all these great solutions that you guys have going to be at my local doctor, for instance? You know, how is it rolling out? Who's using yeah, it and lot who's of, not?
2: Yeah, um, well, um, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, we already, we already service about 90% of the telehealth world, so you can go now and do it. Um, you... Um, uh, Ascension has already deployed, in, in many cases people are using our technology and they don't even know it. Um, right. Something that's very interesting that's happening in the um, health tech world uh, is, and, and that's the reason that, com- that, that um, we're so big on blockchain technology, um, right. is because the companies are... Um, you know, there there's several companies out there that that are plagued with legacy technology, right? I mean, they've they made okay. huge investments. And to be honest, electronic medical record systems and these and and these other systems called clearinghouses that that technically we are one um they weren't they 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 were made in the um uh, eighties uh, and nineties and they're really not scalable at today's um at today's rate, so many of the legacy companies are kind of at a crossroads right now, and we see blockchain technology as a way to write smart contracts and completely get around the its interoperability by design instead of having to recode everything in some big standards committee um it's always fascinating to me that uh I, I compare what's happening right now in the health tech world to what happened in the um recording and uh movie production world where if you go into mm. studios now you never see any analog tape. Nice. So and the uh the world of uh uh the motion pictures MPEG as it, as it's called you know your your android plays the same type of video that your ios does that your web web client does well um that was a very complicated thing to solve and um to be honest richard most of uh most of what somebody needs on a daily basis from a health standpoint could be solved with a much simpler system and um historically we a lot of as I said, a lot of these companies have been plagued by by the fact that you know, like meaningful use. I think like thirty billion dollars was put into these electronic medical record systems to make them interoperate. Well, in fact, the exact opposite happened. So um, it's a business issue instead of a technical issue in many cases. If that makes sense, do you see the nuance that makes there? Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so you guys are using smart contracts. You're you're in the you
1: know, you're avant garde, you're doing the newest stuff. What about all your partners? You know, are insurance companies embracing blockchain smart contracts? Or you know yeah, we're are on, offices, uh,
2: how's the yeah, adoption so, going of it? Yeah, that's yeah so um we about a year ago we we uh when we when we did the uh, uh production ready demo the eligibility check um, and, and remember I said we have about a thousand party applications built on our platform, and we have all these connections to the insurance companies. Well, we wrote the, the business uh, administrative agree- agreements so we would have the data rights as well as the ability to change technology because we knew we were going to put it all on smart contracts. Now, interestingly enough, um, I could have taken... I've been very vocal in saying that blockchain is the CPU for help. People have no idea how a CPU actually works in a computer. They just know it's there and it's invisible, right? It's the invisible computer. Well, I could have taken blockchain technology and split under our platform and nobody would have even known they would just had better operation. Well, it it appears that everybody's interested in it uh, for several different reasons. And so about a year ago, we formed... uh, what we call the DocChain Alliance. If you if you go to d um, o k c h uh, i n dot com, and uh, we formed an alliance, and we have about forty five uh, large entities in the um, in the room now, speaking directly to three use cases. Uh, the first use case is what's called um, identity by consensus. Okay and the second use and i'm gonna explain each of these in a minute the the um yeah, please the 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 first use case as i said identity by consensus, the second use case is called um autonomous auto adjudication, and then the third is okay. supply chain management for pharmaceuticals and diagnostics um you asked me about adoption um I was on a panel probably about 6 months ago with uh Amazon AWS Optum United um VSP Vision which is the largest uh payer um uh for vision in the United States and then um PNC Bank. Um all of the the uh, AWS okay. was hosting a blockchain for health uh discussion in New York City. And They uh, posed the question, what would you have done differently? And the companies, and and I was on the panel as well, and all of the companies, including myself, said that we would have moved to should instead of could much quicker. And the thing that I'm seeing from an adoption standpoint is that uh, insurance companies, both in life and uh, health, are moving very quickly and in fact um there's a groundswell that the health tech industry may leapfrog the fintech industry in adoption of blockchain and smart contracts. Really? Yes. And so hmm. the three the three use cases that we're focused on identity by consensus. What does that actually mean? In identity. the in the previous world where you had a Jane Doe. I want to check if that is Jane Doe. You went to a database and you matched, hopefully matched, Jane Doe at uh, 5055 Elizabeth Street in uh, San Mateo, California with this zip code and this phone number and, you know, you, you asked some verification questions. You hope that matched to her, right? Well what's happened the the amazing thing about blockchain and the ability to literally have consensus and and I and I mean that both in a uh, network way as well as a computation way to decide if that is the best match for Jane Doe has um has allowed you to have what's called contextual relevance so um if you think about our lives and, and the fact that blockchain is an immutable temporal ledger. So I, that means that I can't change it and it buried, it, it, it's, on, it's on a time basis. I have basically four IDs that, that categorize, let's say, Jane Doe over time. So the first one from womb to tomb, if you will. The first one is when I'm born, I get a birth certificate, I exist. The second one is uh, probably, in most cases, you get a bank account. You know, it could be a savings account or a a joint account with somebody when you're growing up, save some money. And then the third one is usually a health identification ID um, via benefit or independent. And then hopefully a long time in the future, you have a death certificate. So in between there... um, the, the thought process with contextual relevance and identity by consensus is what you do is who you are. So let's say if Jane Doe goes down um, to San Mateo downtown on a Saturday night and has a, uh, her favorite beverage, she may want to be anonymous. Um, she wants to be verified that she's over 21 and ability to pay with her MasterCard. Right. The other scenario of contextual relevance is Jane Doe uh, goes out that night and um, she suddenly feels very ill and she can't walk and she's taken to the uh, emergency room. Well, at that point, she doesn't want to be anonymous. She wants to have all of her information up to that point. And this ability that we're making with identity by consensus is we're taking a multitude of data based on a on snapshots of time and saying, "Okay, here's what you, here's what you're actually doing, and here's the data that you need." So it it is literally creating interoperability by design on the fly, and this is not something that's uh, that's pie in the sky. It's actually working. Um, we're moving to. Uh, Proof of con- uh, proof of value uh, contracts and to production by the end of this year with several large entities. And then they um, and and it's an amazing thing because now you don't have to go through all these machinations of having to remember all these passwords. Um, you know, you could have. Uh, uh, I was talking to one of the uh, large companies today. They they want to implement devices that have near field communications that sense. It, and they call it fog computing. It, it senses you with respect to the network. Um, it's got a creepy factor to it, but, um, you know, think about how much information most people give up online what? these days. With, go ahead. Yeah, well, what do you
1: mean it senses you? Like, give me an example.
2: Oh, so um, if, if um, just, just like with, uh, you know, like, uh, do, you, do you have a uh, an iPhone?
1: I have an Android, but okay.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's say with an iPhone, um, you can you can say find friends nearby. In the in the case of uh what we were discussing was depending on where you were in the provider system, it would it would have you um you know, basically basically say, Okay, you need to go you need to go into this room, you know, check into room two oh one now to have your blood drawn, you know, w- without having the need to interact with a human being and um, at time of check-in. So it would it would it would provision your information, check your eligibility, have your claim processed, and then you know you would have your blood drawn by the assistant and leave. For instance. Oh, all right. Well, it sounds like uh, I would hope that people would be able to opt out of stuff like that, but I
1: guess within a, a business, uh, you possibly could do something like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the um yeah, so it's just, you know, and and even fintech companies are talking about that, but uh yeah, obviously you can opt out of it, but given the you know, this data wouldn't be publicly available. Do you you understand what I mean? It you know, this will be in in the doc chain network as as a uh, protected HIPAA compliant uh scenario. I'm just, I'm just using one very simple <laughs> scenario for the discussion. Now back to the um back to the second uh use case we're working on um autonomous auto adjudication what in the world is that well um if you've ever had the fun time of trying to find out if you're eligible for a health service and almost everybody in the world that I have met has done that at one time or another um you yeah, used uh, healthcare.org back in the day that's yeah the it. yeah yeah um we have um you know we have like i said we have a p i s to do this now, but there's a step beyond that because um while in many cases we can do it we can do the the eligibility in real time, the claim still takes ninety to one hundred and eighty days. Now think about something in yes, in geez. today's day and day and age with banking systems stock market facebook twitter um kayak, <laughs> the airlines it would seem it would seem if somebody knew exactly what my medical procedure was and I know what it cost that it wouldn't take ninety to one hundred and eighty days to supposedly clear so the second I'll
1: use give case you give you a I'll give you another example. I had a you know a surgery a few months ago. I had probably like fifteen, twenty different medical bills from it. Every single medical bill I paid before it, and every single medical bill came back and said, "Oh, I never paid." And we had a call, and they couldn't find the records, and it, it was a nightmare. So the medical billing industry is just like a dinosaur's gran- grandfather. It's just ridiculous. You know?
2: Yeah. So that's why um, uh, the one of the um the the reason that I, with the identity by consensus, that's why I mentioned both banking and health type IDs, because one of the optimizations, which is what we're actually talking about with the second use case, is having having it much like purchasing a book on Amazon, right? I want, I know, and, and we know from our data that we see on Pocket Doc today, we know that there is a mark quote market making price for procedures, okay We know that hmm. that people know how much stuff costs. It is a very interesting thing that you go to be have the most amazing machine in the universe i e the the human machine being serviced, and you don't know how much yourself costs to be serviced. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, there's huge price variability, and but now with Google and other places, uh, you know, you can get price discovery pretty easily.
2: Well, us because we—that's one of our APIs, right? And, and we—we—we know this because so many companies use us, and we see the the, the we know the price. It, it might vary on the min and max, but the median doesn't vary that much. Now, the second use case is taking that accounts receivable window and Closing it to one day. So the scenario that Richard went through with the 20 different bills, and I can assure you, the people in the um, in the room are from the fintech, insuretech, and healthtech worlds, and large BPOs. They are working on this, and they want to see that happen because it reduces the operational overhead, and also has a sticky sticky customer, right? So. The I figured it would be the case,
1: opposite. I figured that they, uh, this is their scam. They just, you know, people pay, then they bill them again, and a, a good percentage of them say, oh, okay, I guess I'll pay you anyway. Ah, uh,
2: here's, the, here's the kicker, though. With blockchain, it was made to stop the double-spin ledger problem. <laughs> so, remember, this is put on the blockchain. You can't have a double-spin scenario because the transaction is logged in a secure fashion. Much better. Yes. So it's start, you're starting to get the picture. So, and then the, we come to the third use case, which um, is supply chain management for pharmaceuticals. We have uh, we have pharmaceutical companies in the room um, and we have companies that are interested in, in the diagnostic side as well. So, from the ability to manufacture the the respective chemical and drug from the time it's distributed to the time it's delivered, because the provenance of the um, uh, the provenance of the material and once again the identity of who fills out that bill of lading is all tracked on the blockchain. So from a fraud standpoint, delivery standpoint, we have a complete provenance chain, and that also really is good. the same with. Go good? Yeah, that would cut down on
1: stuff being stolen, on fake drugs, you know the wrong drugs being given out. Yeah, that would help in a lot of areas.
2: Yes, correct. Absolutely. And and the same with um on the diagnostic side. Uh who took delivery of the uh the MRI machine, who's actually running the MRI machine, are they registered? Are they licensed? And then once the once the and here comes the interoperability part. Part the transactions for Ted's, you know, knee when it got scanned is going to be uh, tracked, and everybody knows where it is. So you no longer have the situation where Ted's billing um, is completely lost. And so, what about it, uh, what about custody
1: of medical records? Would the individual now have more power? Were they able to have custody of their own records and allow access selectively?
2: That is completely the reason. We want to put the power of the data that is your data, not anybody else's data, in your hands. So when you see somebody and the the user interfaces are being um, worked on now... So if somebody, you know, if Dr. Bob is accessing your records and you go, "Oh, I know Dr. Bob." And and you say, "Okay, they're going to access your uh they're going to access your uh transactional behavior between um, you know, uh, May of 2017 to September of 2017 uh for your uh checkup coming in December of 2017." Okay, I know Dr. Bob. Here you go. Unlike or, or you know, so it's going to empower the consumer and give them the ability to have control over their you know their data. Instead of if if you call up a uh, you know and 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 this this is something I uh, I actually had some of the people who work for me do this. They they actually said, okay, I'm going to call up and ask one of the payers to send my data. It took six months for them to get it. Oh yes, and I'm not going to yeah, say like who it was. My wife my wife had this situation. She had to order
1: medical records from a doctor, you know, in uh, New York, and she called, oh, that doctor is no longer with the practice. Well, where are the records? Well, you'd have to talk to him. He's at the new practice. Then she had to call a new place, and it's just a mess. There's no reason for that, you know?
2: Yeah, thanks. and th- this is the power of the distributed ledger technology because if you get the, the, the companies that we have talking from an interoperability perspective, perspective, the smart contracts allow everybody to speak the same lingua franca, the same language. I mean, so the, the whole interoperability being being a this huge, impossible thing to figure out, well, being able to log where you're at and if you left the facility from an identity perspective is solved. So you know when somebody leaves the facility. Do you understand what I mean? Um, and it's going to shine a it's going to shine a light on um you know one besides giving the consumer the power over their their destiny now in the proper fashion just, just like you have the power with any other type of social network with any other type of uh online retail system it's going to give you the power over you and your and your loved ones and also it's going to shine a light an operational transparency light on who's not performing well. One of the things that PocketDog does, even right now, is we publish the performance metrics of all the insurance companies we interact with online. Oh. performance? How? What do you mean? Uh, like their response times, and if they're up or down, and you know, or you know, um, how much downtime they have incurred, with the type of data quality they're sending us, et cetera, which reflects back to you, the consumer.
1: Well, like average time to process a claim, that kind of thing.
2: Absolutely, and whether they're they're up or down, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, yeah, pretty cool, huh? So, so when's going to be the full rollout? When am I going to be able to use all the stuff
1: you're talking about? Control my medical data, you know, all this other oh, stuff. Oh yeah, right? the um,
2: I I foresee I you know, and this is across the board. It's it's not just it's not just PocketDoc alone. I think you know they this is uh, you know I have I have industries coming to me talking the same language because they want to use the same type of data on the blockchain I I see by the end of 2018 being in production with with the some of the scenarios we've discussed easily because we're moving we're moving to uh uh proof of value now <laughs>
1: so what do you mean by proof of value
2: oh um to to um you know there there's the in, in development there's proof of concept which is like does it actually work? We you know we move beyond that to proof of value, meaning how do we with the respective uh entities, the respective clients, respective customers, how do we move and how do how do they optimize their business behavior such that they can match the new technology? So the newer technology is actually allowing them to rethink more optimized business models. So proof of value means you're optimizing your operational and top-line revenue models to meet the newer technology. Oh, you'll laugh because I've been so involved and
1: interviewed so many blockchain companies that I I thought in my mind, wait, proof of stake? Proof of work? <laughs> proof of value? What is that?
2: <laughs> we're actually, um, since, since you know, we're, uh, I don't know if you know, but the, uh, um I've been I've been very vocal and, and we got tons of information online about what we're doing. Um we've been very open about blogging and so forth. Matter of fact, we published a blog today. Um we're using we're using um and and, and I wanna emphasize we're running in consensus, we're running a proof of elapsed time algorithm on the Hyperledger Sawtooth chip and actually you know, the, the code is signed, the uh it's running in the secure enclave and the the contracts computed in the uh the transaction family on the chip. And this will be a permission chain uh with validation nodes. So it it's gonna be very, very secure, unlike anything else. Because of the, because good. of the high because of the high quality data we're dealing with. Does that make sense? Yeah, you gotta keep it protected, I understand, yeah. Absolutely.
1: And and you don't, want, you don't want malicious code or malicious oh, yeah. actors or any of that stuff.
2: Absolutely, and the um, you know there was a uh, there was a survey, um, and and I I it, it was as a matter of fact it was it was a survey done by him that and and I think it was a, a about a year ago that 30 to five to 40 percent of all medical data is unencrypted. Wow, isn't that crazy? And so, if any, one of the things I've been very vocal about, if we do anything, at least deploy some level of blockchain, chain technology to the industry to at least have the code and transactions secure so we can at least track down who did it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and try to encrypt everything.
2: Exactly. Well... In our case, we, as I said, you know, as a company, we have all the necessary compliances and um, and um, you know, Dock chain because it's running on the actual secure enclave chip from Intel. It's definitely secure and the code sign. So, uh, right. you know, over and above the encryption on the uh, the data. So, all right. So, I mean, we've covered a lot of areas. How can people get more
1: information on Pocket Doc and start oh. interacting with you?
2: Yeah, um, uh, go if you're a developer, go to platform.pocketdoc.com and you can sign up for our APIs. Um, if you just want more general information, pocketdoc.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at, at pocketdoc and at pocketdocdev. And uh, for the blockchain, docchain stuff, at docchain on Twitter and at docchain.com for the Alliance.
1: Well, oh, great. Well, Ted, thanks so much for taking the time. And I'm glad that, uh, medical data and the medical industry is moving forward because they just seem like, uh, you know, really antiquated. So it's time for them to step up, you know.
2: Absolutely. And um, it's actually happening. It, It is actually happening and I'm super excited and thank you very much for your time, Richard. The Bitcoin, Ethereum and Blockchain
0: Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17 and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto to hear directly from the top minds in this field,